Good afternoon, everyone. This is George from Watson's Daily, and welcome to We Ask Watson, where Peter and I discuss our favourite news stories of the day. It is Monday, the 17th of August, and I'd like to introduce you to King of V-Next, Mr. Peter Watson. Hi Hello. There. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you Peter, for the will you... <laughs> no worries at all. Peter, tell me, so what was your favourite news story of the day and why? Okay, so my favourite one was actually the first story in today's Watson's Daily, which is all about... Um, the UK government considering um, making um, loans available to private equity owned businesses. Now, this sounds mm -hmm. kind of boring, but it's not actually, because the thing is, is that um, a lot of private equity companies will buy um, into some, not all, but, um, you know, often they'll buy some sort of distressed assets um, like a you know a company that has gone into administration or something but buy those distressed assets at a very low price and then they will finance that deal with a lot of debt and they transfer that debt to those target companies and then what happens is those companies themselves look like they're in massive debt and so what that does is it saves it saves massively on tax that's what private equities generally tend to do um, but the problem here is that because those target companies like let's say pizza express or pretzel or merlin or something like that because they look like they to um, to outsiders like they've got they're loaded up with debt um, it actually means that the government is not allowed to give them money and the reason for that is because um, the EU has regulations saying that, you know, if a company has above a certain level of debt, they are not eligible mm -hmm. for um, government help. And so that's that's really you know, the fact that the government is actually thinking about that right now is very important, I think, because it could set a, a big press, a major precedent, because obviously private equity companies are often international companies and um, they will use if if this, for instance, if the government does give them money, they will use this elsewhere in similar disputes around the world and tell and say to their you know governments, look, this is what's happening in the UK. Therefore, you, you know, ex government should give us money as well. And uh, that will help our mm. companies. And so which big private equity groups should we know about um, and, and which firms are being discussed in this particular news story? Well, I mean, the thing is that the list is long, right? I mean, um, I think that you need to they and they often they have their own, you know, there are some massive ones, but there are also ones they that they all have their um, uh, specialities. So it depends. Some will specialise in real estate. Some will um, um, specialise in uh, in retail and that sort of thing. So I guess, you know, if you want to find out more about those, I would suggest that you um, have a look at which which ones specialise in, in which areas. But I do think that um, mm. what what will this this will be important because although from some people's points of view this is just private equity being greedy and going in and buying stuff and then using other people's money to essentially make a massive profit actually on the other hand um you know the private equity companies are taking on a big risk um that's as a
you know, with big um, with big risk comes big rewards. A bit like that Spider Man saying, isn't it? You know, the um, uh, sorry to bring Spider Man into it, but uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> you know, risk and rewards they take on a big risk, and therefore they feel entitled to take on the potentially massive rewards um but anyway although mm. some may say that that's that's um that's unfair or immoral or whatever the fact of the matter is you know these groups they come in they buy um they buy something and they sometimes they turn it around and and they can sometimes do it in spectacular fashion and um and mm. so as a result of that um I think that, and, and yeah, and a lot of these companies employ a lot of people. That's the other thing. So it's not necessarily mm. the private equity, the the nasty, horrible, uh, in inverted commas, um, you know, private equity that that necessarily suffer. You know, underneath that, you know, think of the number of people that work at Pizza Express or or Prezzo or Merlin or what you know, whatever. There are lots of people's jobs at stake here, and they are being held back mm. by this EU state. Um, state aid rules and i think that although those rules i would imagine the spirit of those rules pertains to um you know traditional companies run along traditional lines they probably don't i would say that they maybe they don't take um into account um you know private equity uh investors and so as a result of which um, it's the it's ultimately the employees that will suffer because if they don't get if the private equity firms don't get the money they want um, it's it's the it's the workers that mm. will suffer. And this is a, a huge deal because actually it could be literally tens of thousands of jobs in the UK which are placed at risk mm. because of an EU regulation. Mm. Um, that that specific EU regulation being that companies that have losses greater than half of their share capital mm. can't get state yeah. support. Um, in your opinion, Peter, to what extent do you think that these private equity firms do play a, a healthy role in the economy? Um, are, are they, are they, um, are, are, are they, are they entitled to state aid? Should they be, I mean, if they've taken on a huge amount of debt, um, do you think that they have that this is justified? There are, I think there are, you know, there are diff, there are, there, there are two sides to an argument. You know, on the one hand, you could say, well, it's not right that you've got a, a load of, um, uh, you know, private equity people swanning around and um, just buying up stuff and, and not really paying for it. I mean, they do, they do, but they sort of don't in the sense that they load load everything up with debt. But you know they can actually do some good stuff. You know, they mean they um, sometimes they will either actually become part of the management themselves, or they will have some trusted um, uh, CFOs and FDs and people who they can count on to parachute into those companies and to make those hard decisions that will ultimately they mm. hope um, turn things around. And I think the other thing mm. as well is is it is important to have private equity firms in the sense that they provide another um another avenue of finance for the right sorts of companies that wouldn't otherwise be available so it's not as if they mm. buy stuff and it all fails i mean i i don't know what the percentages are i would imagine that the failure rate is relatively high um but then uh, but then again um you know the returns if they do turn something around can be pretty um can be pretty big 
So it's just, yeah, I just think that, um, you know, it's not like a moral, you know, a lot of people will see it as very much a, a moral, you know, black, black and white and evil and good. But actually, it's mm. just another, it's just another way of financing. And it's just differently structured. And so it, it really depends on the case and the, and the companies involved. The last thing I want to ask you about this before I go on to my favorite yeah. story is about Fraser's yes. group. To what extent does Mike Ashley's Fraser's group act like or behave like a private equity firm? Because as far as as far as I'm concerned, you've said that big private equity firms, they go in, they take failing companies and essentially turn mm. them around economically. Is that what Fraser's Group has been doing with, I think, was it JD Sports that they were, they're now considering looking at? They, they might cherry pick some of the Debenhams assets yeah. following uh, administration. Yeah. Is, that, is that a similar strategy or is that very So different? they're not taking on JD Sports. It's um, DW Sport that they're, that they're thinking of. Um, the guy that used to own, mm -hmm. um, or I don't know if he still owns it, um, Dave Whelan, who owns uh, Everton um, Football Club. But um, yeah, um, well, the thing is with Mike Ashley, he is he's definitely got a, a reputation as a deal maker um, and he's quite a colourful character and he's made some spectacular failures, um, but he's also done very well. I mean, at the end of the day, he is the guy that started. I mean, what was it? I think he was like a, a county level squash player or something and he started a, a sports shop um, and look mm. what it's grown into. And over the years, he's done some some very big deals. Um, you should actually have a look on have a look on Wikipedia and see the number of brands that you will know are very well known brands that are owned by you know Sports Direct as was or uh, you know that's now known as Fraser's Group. So you know um, it's not the same. I don't think there's necessarily the same. Um, kind of structure in terms of what he does um, I think his is more of a traditional kind of you know buy it buy it cheap because <laughs> uh, he's he's known as a, mm. a, a very very good deal maker and really screws people down on price so um, and that's mm. how he you know he makes a, a lot of his money so that he, he's he's an acquirer but he's not a you know he's not a private equity person and he does run an actual you know he is running an actual retailer Mm. Okay, Peter. Well, I will um, disagree with you again. Today. <laughs> what are you going to um, say, my... George? Come on, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> so, so my favourite story was the Apple yeah. story. So you covered in Watson's Daily about the fact that an ex-Apple executive has accused accused Apple of breaking its mm. own rules. This is in the wake of um, Epic Games filing an antitrust probe against mm. Apple for essentially anti-competitive behavior by acting like a monopoly um, and taking 30% of all revenues on the app mm. store. Um, this specific story is about the fact that Apple arguably have allowed WeChat, which is a big Chinese um, messaging application, to bypass this and charge users through mini applications. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting because this, I mean, earlier last, last month, there was a big uh, congressional committee hearing with the big four um, tech companies. Apple is being increasingly scrutinized along with Facebook. Um, there was another Facebook story in today's Watson's Day Daily, albeit unrelated. Um, I think this epic story is really interesting. And they've now had the support of... Um, uh, 
I believe Spotify and Match.com. First of all, Peter, do you think that this is this is big news? And second of all, I agree with you, I think, which I, I can imagine you're going to say as well, Apple are breaking their, rule, their own rules, so who cares? But is there a, on the, in the bigger picture, to what extent is it is is Epic Games right? Because they it, it was very much a calculated move. They um, released an advert parodying the 1984 Apple advert, mm. um, portraying them as a as a kind of a Big Brother type character. Mm. Um, is it going to go anywhere? And for what reason? It, it, why did you include it in today's okay. story? If it's albeit if it's well, less I think that the um, the whole yeah, it, the whole thing fits in with the the theme of big tech companies like Facebook, Apple, um, Google, etc., being too big. You know, in terms of they they are acting like a monopoly in in certain areas. So that that's the overall mm. overarching theme. Um, within that, you've got different. You, you've got different issues and um, actually uh, just as an aside apple seems to me to have flown quite a lot under the radar in terms of um, flack because i think that you know facebook and google for instance have got far more have had far more flack about the way they've behaved rather than um, and amazon of course um, you know with the way they behave with their strong market positions versus apple i mean you know that, that so that's that's one thing but within that actually apple are being accused of of uh, abusing their position um by uh now by um epic games um spotify mm-hmm. went after them last year so spotify started off this procedure i believe last year um you've now got epic games taking up the you know, taking up the baton. And I think over the weekend, we saw Facebook also saying, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, Facebook joining in going, yeah, uh, Apple, yeah, they're so bad. They're using, they're abusing their market position. Obviously, um, uh, with their, um, uh, you know, throwing their bricks out uh, out of their glass house, uh, whatever. Uh, but anyway, they, they, um, I, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting subject. Um I think Epic Games is quite brave to to take Apple on, especially considering that Apple essentially um, gave the competition, uh, the European competition lady, Margaret Vestager, a bloody nose recently by overturning her decision to fine them something like $13 billion. Um, it, mm. Yeah, I think that they're very brave to do it, but it certainly seems to be something that is gathering momentum. And I do think that... Apple has got this very, very strong position with its app store um, and 30% mm. for in-app purchases does sound like quite a lot, uh, you know, does sound like a pretty, um, pretty, pretty big whack. So, uh, and it's, you know, mm. Google's doing the same thing as well. They're, they're taking, they're taking slice of in-app, in-app purchases as well. So um, it is interesting. I mean, the whole thing about Apple um, breaking its own rules by, um, doing one thing for say Fortnite and another for China's WeChat because so China's WeChat mm. is owned by Tencent, which is massive. And WeChat mm. is on, on that yeah. point. What is interesting is that Tencent, I think own 40% of 
either yeah, epic okay. or of or, or they're entitled to 40 yes. percent of Fortnite's no, revenues right, yeah. um yeah, which is you're, interesting yes you're, you're right there so um uh it is minority interest but it's a big minority interest um and the mm. the um anyway but going back to the the whole wechat thing um it is a one of those things called a a, a super app which has apps within it um and and so it's like having the an, an entire app store on your phone all at the same time so you you go onto wechat you stay within WeChat and you can open other mini apps within it without even stepping out of WeChat. So, you know, actually recently um, Facebook has been talking about trying to do something similar. But anyway, this this thing um, uh, essentially by having the mini apps within the WeChat app, it's essentially having the same like a, it's like an in-app purchase. So what this um, dis- <laughs> disgruntled employees saying is that um, that it's that Apple is turning a blind eye to WeChat's mini apps because they don't want to lose mm. market position in China. But then again, I say, well, you know what? Um, Apple makes the rules. Um, if you make the rules, I suppose you, you're entitled to bend or break them because they are your rules at the end of the day. Um, and you can understand, you know, um, China is a very, very important market for them. So you can understand why the motivation, certainly. I'm not saying that it's right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's right. But, um, you know, what, what do you do if you if you're looking for uh, expanding in a, in a massive um, potential market and then you, you're going to mm. you're going to do what's necessary, aren't you? Well, thinking about the wider implications of this, Peter, I mean, for in terms of applying this story to if you're an aspiring solicitor, for example, mm-hmm. um, the private equity story would obviously involve restructuring practices, could potentially involve litigations, mm-hmm. um, potentially by private equity firms against the government. And similarly, with the Epic Games um, debacle with Apple, this is ac- an accusation of antitrust mm-hmm behavior um monopolistic behavior by mm. apple and that will also surely include um some level of litigation um whether that be against the state from apple's point of view or or even epic against as they've done epic against mm. apple um, and whether that sets a, f- a future precedent about if homegrown markets which essentially the app store mm-hmm. is um they created it from mm-hmm. nothing if that then needs to be regulated in the same way a free market could should mm. be, if that makes but sense. But I do, I do um, think that what would make it this even more interesting and popcorn worthy is um, <laughs> is if Epic got together with Spotify, which got together with Facebook, which got together with you know others to almost do a bit of a mm. class action. That would be really interesting because. I think it's only by doing something like that that, that that they'd actually be able to get through to Apple to to cut, you know, <laughs> for Apple to cut its uh, slice um, of of mm. those revenues. But um, and, mm. and it would be interesting. I do think that would be interesting because yes. on their own, I just don't think they've got enough clout to be able to do anything to Apple. But if they all get together, it could get quite good. And and Apple fast approaching to be the first two trillion dollar company. Yeah, so, so that will be heading in that direction. Um, 
Anyway, Peter, uh, let's wrap up there. But thank you, as always, for such an interesting no conversation. Problem. To our listeners, please do interact with us on LinkedIn and um, Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, suffice to say, uh, we will leave the king of V-necks in his kingdom and we'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> thank you very much, All Peter, right. and uh, look forward to speaking to you Brilliant. tomorrow. See you, George. Bye.